Welcome to Talk in Troy, the show where daily Trojan staffers get together to talk USC athletics. On today's show, Chris Bibona, Kyle Frankel, and sports editor Patrick Warren join forces to preview the highly anticipated crosstown showdown between USC and UCLA football. Guys, it's a moment we've all been waiting for. It's been a long season, exciting season for both of these programs, but we're finally at the point where the Los Angeles teams, they're coming together, and now they're going to play in the Rose Bowl this Saturday. So much at stake. There's so much to cover. But before we get into that, I just want to cover what this game, what this rivalry means to the city of Los Angeles, because it is decades old. There's so much history, so many moments, but... For someone like me, this is my first experience of this rivalry. The first year at USC for me, I want to toss it over to you guys. What does this mean for people who've experienced it a little bit? Yeah, totally. I mean, UCLA, USC is one of college you know, sports' greatest rivalries up there with Auburn, Alabama, Michigan, Ohio State. Um, and, you know, it's another addition. I think USC has a, a hefty lead. But I also was looking in the last 10 years since 2012, it's, 50, it's 5 to 5. So, you know kind of some, some room for contention there. And yeah, it just, you know, in your, if you're in LA and you're a college football fan, you're either going to root for USC or UCLA and your buddy might be rooting for UCLA. You might be rooting for USC. So you're going to have some, some tension there. And you know, that's what makes college football great. Yeah. And I think another part of it is just one, if you look at the venues, both teams, two of the greatest college football stadiums, two of the greatest football stadiums, period with history and everything that's gone on there. And then you look at the LA sports scene and this is really L.A. football. We've all seen the the pictures of the, the Rams stadium with their away fans and all those jokes, but reality is that this is L.A. football. These are L.A.'s two teams, and when they're both clicking, it's a buzz like no other. And not only that, there's a lot more at stake this year than there has been in recent years, and we all know how how buzzing it's been in, in, in past years and in the last few, few years. Last year was a big deal when USC was – pretty terrible if we're all going to be honest and this year we got huge implications on the line for both teams so I'm not expecting anything short of a a great game and a really electric atmosphere and let's not forget one of the greatest uniform matchups in sports oh yeah definitely can't forget that aspect when it's high stakes when it's dramatic there's always just more to the story than the actual game itself the antics before the lead up you know it's rivalry week the USC really amps it up and it, it's kind of highlighted by this, this feature of all the landmarks getting covered up around USC. There's 24-7 guard by our Trojan Knights and USC Helenes. They do a great job. They're out literally all night. It's, it's incredible. Could we talk about just the tradition and getting the community involved in this way? I think, I think it's special. It's something I noticed. This is something that people will dedicate their days, like lead up to finals week. I'm going to sit out and protect Tommy Trojan and do all this cool stuff. No, totally. It's it's always fun, like, walking back from production or something at, like, you know, 10, 30, 11, and walking by, you know, the statue of Helen or the statue of uh, Tommy Trojan and talking to some of the guys and girls who are out there and just, like, kind of, kind of getting a feel for how much fun they're having. It's it's nice to have, like, you know, fun with college football. You know, that's you know, it's what it's all about. At the end of the day, sports should be fun, and rivalries are the best parts of sports. So it really is the best time of the year for a lot of people. Yeah, and college football has some of those greatest rivalry traditions and everything that schools do around the country. Uh, and let's not forget, too, the bell. I mean, that's something I think some some newer Trojans, some first years might not really know that much about. But 
got to get that back uh obviously been at ucla for the past year been been repainted to blue so usc will also definitely be looking to take that back on on saturday and get that back to the trojan Knights so they can parade it around before all the all the home games Absolutely, yeah. UCLA, they're the reigning champs, if you will, of this rivalry, but all-time USC does lead 49-33 to with seven ties in between all-time. Since 1999, USC has been leading 17-6, to and I believe, Patrick, you said, what, 5-5 five and five in the last 10 matchups? Yep, yep. So, more recently, it's been very even, exactly even, and then historically, USC does lead... We got the bitter taste in our mouth, though, because we got to get redemption. We have that embarrassing loss. It was not pretty last time these two teams faced. But again, with everything at stake, with all the emotions in the air, I think it's going to be a great matchup. One more thing, starting quarterback for UCLA, Dorian Thompson-Robinson. His comments during media availability this week. Some more of words here. Quote, we hate those guys. It really, it really stuck out to me. You really see collegiate athletes get a little careful, especially when it could be like a more dramatic or tense atmosphere like a USC-UCLA matchup, but for him to go out on the record and say, we hate those guys, I think it puts a fire under USC. Yeah, bullet board, bullet board material, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I think I love to hear that because it just means that, you know, these guys care as much as the fans do, which is always fun. You want, you know, the players to have some emotions in this. And I mean, I don't know if DTR should hate USC considering the numbers he's put on uh, on us in the past couple of years. But I do like to hear that, you know, there's going to be some, you know, some bad blood in the field because, you know, it's a rivalry. Yeah, the, those words were definitely not said lightly. He definitely he meant what he said. He knew what he was doing. And as you said, Patrick, a guy who has loved to play against USC in the past. So not really expecting anything different out of him and wouldn't expect anything different from him leading up to this rivalry week as a guy who we know loves not only playing against USC, but I think just loves this rivalry in general and the atmosphere that it brings. Absolutely. Let's not delay it anymore. Let's talk about this game on Saturday. Like we mentioned, a lot of buildup, a lot has happened this year that has led to this moment where so much is at stake. I'll start with USC. A win pretty much means serious contention for the college football playoff. A loss, the exact opposite. We're out. There's just no way. But also with that loss would mean putting the Pac-12 championship run in jeopardy and the team that would beat us, UCLA, they make it happen. They're, they're not going to make the college football playoff. That's pretty much certain. But they can play spoiler to USC, and I think that's a major motivator because coming off the loss to Arizona, it crumbled their season, but they know there's, there's still something to play for, and it's super meaningful because they're, they're going to go bowling, and they're going to have a chance to make a Pac-12 championship run. So that is what it's at stake. But for you guys... What are the main factors and main motivators right now? Yeah, I, mean, I think USC, like, you know, the players every week kind of immediately pretend, at least, I think they pretend, that they don't care about the game that they just played. You know, they're 1-0, and uh, then they're, they're, you know, looking forward to the next week. With this game, the players were given a little bit different responses. They were given a little more gravitas. And I think, you know, they didn't address the implications of the Pac-12, you know, championship on the line, but you know that that's what they're thinking about because, you know, this is a team that wasn't given... They were kind of questionable going into the year. You know, not everybody was expecting them to be, you know, as you know, successful as they have been. And now they're at this point where, like, you know, you win the game and you're in the Pac-12 championship. Like, that's that's huge, especially for you know a first-year coach and you know a bunch of players' first year. Like, it would be monumental for this program. Yeah, it's interesting because rivalry-wise, 
most of the majority of the USC team hasn't experienced this rivalry before, as opposed to DTR and a lot of those guys over on UCLA who know the rivalry, who hate the Trojans and kind of love this atmosphere and have experienced it. But I think it's really interesting because it's a pretty as close a scenario as you're getting to the Utah game earlier in the season as you could really hope for. It's USC against a ranked team, a team in their, in their conference, a rival, and obviously a far bigger rival than Utah, but a team that's had high hopes at the time, had college, serious college football playoff hopes, and pretty much got them ended the week before by a team they were better than, a team they were favored against, and Utah obviously lost pretty handedly to uh, UCLA, but a UCLA team that lost to an unranked Arizona, and it's going to play into what UCLA are you getting. You can turn your back and say our season's kind of over. What are we what, what are we playing for? But it's probably going to be the, the opposite of that. And you look over on the sidelines, see your rivals that are, are sitting pretty and have a serious chance at what you wanted, and you want to play spoiler to that. So I think we're definitely going to get a UCLA team that's angry and a USC team also that kind of wants to prove those haters wrong that will always bring up the one loss to Utah and their loss to their only ranked opponent this year. Yeah, that's definitely what's at stake. But how about what we're going to see on Saturday? Because I'm going to tell you one thing. We're going to see a lot of UCLA running back Zach Charbonnet. He has been on a roll this season. He gets so many carries. He just went on a five-game streak with 20 or more carries and had a season-high 33 touches in the loss to Arizona last week. He's going to give USC fits because that has been the story of the year Good running backs imposing their will on the defense. They've had linebacker problems all season. In the nickel formation, 5 DBs, it could get a little dicey with getting guys to the ground. A guy like Charbonnet, he is going to run at will. They're going to give him carries. We know it's going to happen. How is that going to play out for USC? Yeah, I mean, I think that USC has proven that they can be a liability on the the defensive side of the ball, especially against the run. And... You know, teams have proven that, you know, Utah, we saw that, Arizona, we saw that. And, you know, there's no exception here, especially with DTR's running ability, having that, you know, option to run either quarterback or running back, uh, you know, can be a really tricky thing for USC to defend against. And that also kind of like allows for big plays, you know, over the top of the defensive backs. If everybody's kind of crowding in watching the run and UCLA makes USC respect the run, then there could be kind of more chances for some, some deep balls from DTR. Yeah, with that respect and the run point, I would not be shocked at all if we saw UCLA pretty much take some exact plays from Utah's playbook from their game against the Trojans earlier in the season. The only team really that's been able to consistently impose their will offensively, obviously USC has had some high-scoring games, but the only team that's obviously beaten USC and had a game plan that USC could not really stop throughout that entire game and didn't really have an answer for. So I wouldn't be shocked if we get some of the exact same looks off of that. And that two-headed monster of Charbonnet and uh, DTR in the backfield is just, it's tough to deal with. And it's going to be tough for to, for USC, a team that's real weakness is run defense to stop a team that's top 10 and rushing in the country. I remember one of my football coaches from middle school said that about the RPO that, you know, your job is to always make the defense looking like they're doing something wrong. And I fear that that kind of can happen with a skilled RPO in this game. It's just you know, whatever decision they make, it'll be the wrong one for USC. Right. I could already see it happening. The RPOs, the draws, the option runs. It's going to be an interesting game, and I think it's going to come down to the discipline of that front seven, right? Are you going to bite on that RPO, and you're going to let a, a wideout go deep, and then they take a shot, and now they're up 7-0 right away. We're going to see that cat-and-mouse game where it's, 
okay, we're getting five yards per carry. Now we got to bring in another linebacker to really stop the run. But oh, here we go. DTR's going deep. It's going to be a very tactical, nuanced game. It's going to be down to those, yeah, just the trick plays, if you will. And I think, like you said, Kyle, it's going to be a lot like the Utah game. I 100% agree that they saw the blueprint of this is how we beat USC. And we have the skill, we have the scheme, and we have players to make that happen. Yeah, and, and with that Utah game, I mean, that one didn't necessarily come down to anyone really making a mistake. It, it didn't really feel like USC lost, more just like Utah won and beat them in the end. And obviously that two-point conversion proved well for them and took a shot. But this game, I think, is really, as you said, with that cat and mouse going to come down to which team is going to make that big mistake and which team's going to have those big hiccups because you either get it on UCLA running the, those plays where they got to make a quick decision and are trying to get USC kind of on the all flat-footed and break a big play on them. And if they're able to, that's going to be huge for them and could lead to their win. But on the other hand, if they make a wrong choice and USC kind of baits them into something they don't want to do, We've seen USC able to turn over the ball, obviously. I think they have the number one turnover margin in the country. So they're able to to force a few turnovers there. That could also completely flip the game on its head. Totally. I think that's where USC could have a slight advantage is, you know, Caleb Williams has only thrown two interceptions this season. Uh, you know, the fumbles, I'm not sure the exact numbers, but USC has, you know, not turned the ball over too many times and has just been, you know, ball hawks on defense. And, you know, some of that might be luck, some of that is skill, and USD can force turnovers if they, if they need to. Right. I, I really think in, we're kind of getting to the response of USC here. I really want to talk about offense because we haven't mentioned it yet, but Travis Dye, out for the season, had that injury, I believe, in the second quarter of last week's game against Colorado. Just heartbreaking for the Trojans, but he was such a big part of the offense. Where does the slack get picked up? I think it just goes back to Caleb Williams. I... I really think he, Caleb has been so good with Travis Dye. I just think he's going to get even more reps. And we've seen, I think he's on four straight games with like 40, 40 pass attempts. He's passing the ball a lot. USC still passes so much. I really believe on Saturday, we might see a season high record number of, of pass attempts from Caleb Williams. I'm, I'm thinking like 50 to 60, like keep it in his hands because I just can't see Lincoln Riley going to our other running options so so quick, so abruptly. We got Raleigh Brown and we, the other senior there that that could get the job done. But I think in a game with such importance as this UCLA game, we're going to put the ball in the hands of the guy who's been getting it done all year. I really believe Caleb Williams is going to have the game of the year against UCLA. Yeah, I mean, I think like... So, you know, the die injury was devastating. The call scene was silent. And, you know, that was just, he's possibly our second best offensive player, maybe second best player. I mean, he was, you know, such a reliable ground option. I mean, Austin Jones, this is where it helps to have these older backup running backs. You know, he's a senior. He has had, you know, experience in this conference uh, as, a, as a lead back. And so I think he can be in a good position to kind of take the lead responsibility. And I do think that, you know, I agree. I do think it's going to be just a very like air raid heavy offense this uh, this Saturday. But if it's also going to be like that on the other side with UCLA, also probably put up some numbers. You know, having these longer drives where you can maybe run the ball, run the clock out a bit, could help. You know, give your defense some rest and allow them to recuperate uh, after DTR. You know, tosses a seventy yard bomb to Bobo. Yeah, Austin Jones is no no slouch. I mean, we saw him pick up the slack against Colorado and. As you said, Patrick, obviously Travis Dye is a, a huge part of this team, huge part of this offense, and 
that injury I think those pictures online really told the whole story with the whole team out on the field to see him out but Austin Jones is is not any any guy to take lightly in the backfield as you said an experienced runner he has sort of similar patience to die while he might not be quite as good he he is perfectly capable of at least picking up the slack somewhat in that backfield and being a running back that Caleb can somewhat lean on and I also think that the die injury while while awful for the on the field product but die is such a leader on this team and as we've heard from all the players such a presence in that locker room that this could be one of those situations where we see sort of that alternate effect of losing a big player where I wouldn't be shocked at all if the entire team really rallies behind that guy rallies behind their leader and one of the the big big figures on this team and older players who was on his sort of last rodeo here and really shows out for him and kind of plays the game game of their life game of the year for him out here right I would love to see that can we put it into numbers can we give some score predictions I think it's really time to get to it I really think this is going to be a high scoring game I think we're all in agreement. this is going to be what most will define as a shootout it's going to go drive for drive touchdown for touchdown gritty dramatic they're going to put points on the board that that's a guarantee if I had to put a number to it I'm thinking a number that stuck out to me 45 that that's a number that UCLA has put up I think at least three times this season already. I'm going to say this game is going to be 45 to 38 UCLA. All right. I like it. Give me 45, 44. Wow. One, point One pointer. USC. USC. Okay. Important. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go USC too, but if I could, if I could paint a full picture, I'm going to go a tiny bit lower scoring, still high scoring matchup as I just think, Rivalry-wise and cross-town-wise, there's going to be guys running a little faster, hitting a little harder, and I think we're going to see a couple turnovers mixed in, a couple mistakes on offense or some really good plays on defense. But I'm going to go USC late in the game. UCLA comes down, ties up the game at about 35 apiece, and then with about minute 30 left on the clock, as you said, Chris, put the ball in your best player's hands, Caleb Williams, Takes the Trojans down the field. Nice, easy drive. Not necessarily easy, but nice. Minute 30, Tom Brady-esque. Leads them down to about the 20-30 and game-winning field goal to walk it off and kind of ride off into the sunset at least into Notre Dame next week, 38-35. I love that prediction. I do think, like, I have a huge hunch. I could visualize it. Caleb Williams having a signature USC drive this game. Like, it's going to happen. It's just a matter of, is UCLA going to do that one bit more? Is there going to be that one turnover, the one big run, the one big play, big pass? I think it's just tough because, like I said with Charbonnet, he's such a guy. And you can't really knock the run game. It's been so consistent. And you know he's going to touch the ball no matter what the game plan is. He's going to touch it 25 times. And I, I just I like what I see out of him. I know I'm the contrarian going on USC radio on Daily Trojan saying UCLA is going to win this one but I got to stick with it but I love the predictions all around guys could also be one of those games where it just kind of kind of feels like it comes down to who gets the ball last and you can see Mm -hmm. kind of multiple scores there in those last five minutes going back and forth trading punches totally Utah game yeah I mean what more could we say I think that just about puts a bow on it 
I cannot wait for this game. I really want to go. Kyle, Kyle gave me a hookup with some tickets. Maybe we'll see about that. I really appreciate it. But are I'll, you going I'll, to the game? I'll text you guys pictures from the press box. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> sick. You get to go to the press box. Have you been in there before? I have not, actually. The only time I've been to the Rose Bowl was to watch my Auburn Tigers lose to the Florida State Seminoles in the national championship in 2013. <sighs> So I hope I don't bring bad luck to USC when I go this weekend. Yeah. First trip to the Rose Bowl for me as well. So pretty nice. excited about that. That's sweet. I actually saw a, I saw a UCLA-Colorado game. I saw Philip Lindsay run on him before. It was way back. But way it was back. super random. But, yeah, I, I can't wait. Hopefully I get to make it. But we'll see all you guys there, and we'll definitely talk about it, recap it. Cannot wait. USC-UCLA in the Rose Bowl, 5 p.m. Saturday be there or watch it on tv it's going to be an instant classic believe me and we will see you guys next time this has been talking troy